I've got this thing here called a sword. It's the real deal. Grab a seat. Listen. It's not plastic. It's the real deal. Thank you, Jeremy. Russell Crowe. Hercules. I'm a man of faith. Hercules. And I'm going to be looking for volunteers. Men and women of faith. And we're going to see who's associated with the gospel and who's a partaker of the gospel today. <laughs> Sam just said you wish you signed up for the Kinder Surprise. If you, if you were here last week, you'll know what he's talking about. And if you weren't here last week and you haven't heard, you need to go and hear the word of the Lord that was spoken through this amazing man who has a teaching gift on his life, who's able to articulate the clarity which those two words today have opened up around for me. When I heard them, my spirit jumped and I saw things that I've known, but with a clarity through two words. And so we're taking the uh, participants roll up another level this morning. And so um, we're going to get back to that. But um, two words that Sam said last week. Association or participation. And this is the question that Jesus wants to ask you today. And he wants you to be honest with you. He wants you to be honest with you. Not with him, but with you. And the question he wants to ask you is this. Do you have an association with me? Or do you have a partaking of me? Do you have an association with what I did? Or do you have a participation in what I've done? And this is night and day. This is the difference between being able to live as Christ and not. This is cutting edge. This is like where it all happens. This is where the Christian life or religion happens. This is where the ability to walk in the manner in which he lived happens or not. And here's the thing. There is no other way to life but through the gospel. And so it is pointless trying to try any other option but that one. Here's the issue. Many know this one and need to know this one. And it's not as if this is a right and a wrong thing. This one cannot live the life that this one can. It's impossible. You can be in association. You can be around it all. You can come week in, week out. This is one of the things that Sam said. He has nothing to do with whether you turn up. You can turn up and go through all religious ceremony and tradition and still be only associated with the gospel and with Christ. He's on the outside of you. So there's no power within you that enables you to live a not a human life, but a kingdom life. You see, the Bible says we've been called to be kingdom ambassadors from another realm on earth. But we look human, but we've got more than human in us. We've got Christ in us, who is God. And so it is essential that you and I are partakers of the gospel. And we need God's perspective on the gospel, not ours. The gospel has changed my life. Has it changed yours? The gospel is changing my life. Is it changing yours? If it's not, then you're not receiving the gospel. The gospel changes people. Okay? It does what it does. He said, my truth makes you free. So the challenge is the gospel is not the issue. The gospel is whether we know the gospel. Sorry, the problem is whether we actually know the gospel. And I want to read you what Sam said 
as he wrapped up, and I've just added a couple of words, not to take away, but to add what he said. Fellowship is not about an association with God. So spiritual oneness, which is the theme for this year, is not about being associated. It's not like a club. You know, we belong to the Onikawa Football Association. It was a club I played for. This isn't a club. This isn't an association. This isn't a, this isn't a, uh, a business. This isn't an organization. This is not an institution. This is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Yeah? Do you, do you have a revelation of that, though? Because the body lives in a very specific way to a club, an association, and an institution. It's very different. It's a whole different beast. And we need to grasp this. And I am on fire. I've been on fire since God spoke to me about this ages ago. But So you hang on to your seat. Because power is going to come out if it's not already leaking. And we need to capture this like nothing else. Because I see a lot of association across the body not a body that's partaken, that's actively engaged and involved in living this out as one. In fellowship with God and one another, in spiritual divine oneness, which none of us can get into unless the cross comes and pierces our innermost being. We'll only have companionship at best. We'll have natural relationship at best, and that doesn't cut it. Do you realize that? Natural relationship with one another cannot get you where you need to get to and me and be the church. It can't. It's not. It's natural. It's not of the spirit. It's of the natural. God created the natural so he could put the spiritual into the natural so the natural became spiritual. The problem with us is we honor the natural ahead of the spiritual. So we actually honor our natural family more than the spiritual family, the body of Christ. And when you do that, you live as an institution. You love, live as an association <clears throat> to Christ and his gospel, not actually in his family as the body of Christ, participating fully in the function of the gift that's upon your life. So the body suffers. And the body can't move because, you know, it's going, where's the leg? Where's the other one to go like that? So the hand jumps in and tries to be a leg. It's this very deformed looking body that doesn't work. He says it's about participation in God, through God, and with God. He has called all of us as his church to this kind of fellowship. It's not for special people, but for the body of Christ. Fellowship is what we were predestined to be in with him and one another. It has nothing to do with anything natural, but it outworks itself in a physical expression of love and life in the natural. And this is where the great deception and the hoodwink hoodwink is, is that it comes forth out of a natural vessel that's able to do things, and we try to copy, not imitate. So we look at the natural and the expression and go, oh, that's what love looks like. Maybe, maybe not. And it needs to happen in you through the piercing of you, through the gospel, continually coming into you so your natural expression is the gospel demonstrated through your life. The Word of God created creation. Did you know creation is the manifestation of the Word? Creation didn't try to muster up something. It is the manifestation of the word hitting earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bang, you had creation. So when the word comes into you, do you know what you do? You manifest the created Christ in you. The Christ-like life comes out of you, not because you're trying to be a Christian, but because the word comes into you, the gospel comes into a man or woman, and all of a sudden now you can demonstrate Christ. You couldn't do it before because you didn't have it in you. And the problem is association tries to find it, build it, whip it up. And you wonder why you can't live like Christ. You're empty on the inside, but you can actually go and do some things like keep a day, go give the neighbor some cookies, put some money together for Cambodia. And you can do all these works, but actually still be empty and void of the gospel in you. 
And so you can't look in the natural and go, oh, that's discerning. Jesus said, you've got to have eyes that see in the Spirit. You've got to discern in the Spirit. You've got to judge in the Spirit the heart of a person and see the heart, because otherwise you're going to get hoodwinked. You tracking? Anyone else, any other organization, any other faith system can do the natural, can't they? Think about it. Every other thing. The Mormons are very active in their faith, but they can't live like Christ unless Christ comes into them. No different to us. So we can be out there knocking on doors, sharing the good news like them and both be empty vessels who know really nothing but just know about. You see, association knows about God, but it doesn't know God. Only participation knows God. The way that enables you to live like Christ. So we've got to ask ourselves today, what group am I in? Are you able to do that without any condemnation of yourself? Are you able to honestly look and go, do I have an associated relationship fellowship or do I have a participation one? And you'll know your life is the evidence of which group you're in. This is one family, but we know in Natural families, there are obedient, disobedient, faithful, unfaithful. There are children that do the will of their parents and there are children that don't. Correct? But are they all children of the same family? Do the parents love the children the same? Hopefully, yes. Not based on behavior, but based on the love that's in the parent. But there are two groups, aren't there? There are always two groups in the pattern. There is the uh, mature, the immature. Faithful, unfaithful, obedient, disobedient. There are two groups of people in the family of God. Press on to maturity. Leave the babyhood behind. Grow up in Christ. Well, maybe yes, maybe not. Your choice is determining it. So you need to know what group you're in so you can actually start to grow. Because if you think you're here, but you're really here, you're deceived. Aren't you? If you think I'm actually in this but I'm not, I'm here, then you're always going to get the life of that. You're tracking. You'll ask the same questions. You'll go round the mountain, round the mountain, round the mountain. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. You'll live your whole life going round the mountain trying to figure out how do I get off the mountain? How do I get off this thing? You've got to get into this. You've got to let this pierce your heart. Tim. Let's give Tim a round of applause. This will be the last time we are seeing Tim, unless God raises him from the dead. Now, Tim, do you have belief that Jesus can raise you from the dead? Yes. Good man. Good answer. We're going to test that right now. So this is what needs to happen, Tim. Just move your hands. Come forward, Tim. Where's your heart? About there. Right, now, Tim, I want you to come to me. Keep coming. Come so you can touch my nose with your nose. (laughs) Can you see this is what has to happen to Tim if the gospel is going to pierce Tim's heart. This sword, which is stainless steel, just lift your arm up, mate, needs to do this because we're health and safety conscious here. Just put your arm down, okay? This is what needs to happen. Turn around so everyone can see the blade has gone through you. This is what it means to receive the gospel the way Jesus intended. This is what it means to be a participant of the gospel, because you can't do this. Tim could not walk into me, could he? He was incapable of actually his flesh coming and greeting me and actually allowing himself to die. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Why is that the case? Because he's full of himself, and self cannot 
get on the cross. It needs someone, something greater to come upon it and into it to actually have it pierce itself because itself, which we're all poisoned with at birth, wants to live. So the gospel has to come into you and pierce your innermost being and release you from you if you want life. Outside of that, you've just got an association. So in that point right there with Tim, Tim has an association with the gospel, but he's not partaking of the gospel. And this is the image that Jesus gave me. He said, Greg, imagine this. My entire church are with me at the cross, and I have just got nailed. And he looks And he gets off the cross, died, and he says, okay, Greg, your turn. What? Your turn. You're now going to get crucified with me. You're going to know what it is to have fellowship with my sufferings. You're going to go through what I went through, death of you to life for you that I predestined for you from the foundation, but you started dead. So although you breathe like Eve, you are spiritually dead. So this needs to go on you. And Greg now has a choice to make, doesn't he? So depending on my choice, I go, no, Chris, your turn, you're up. (laughs) Pulling rank on you. You go before me. If I then go, no, and hang over here, I have an association with Christ. I do not yet have a fellowship with with Christ. I do not have oneness for I have not gone through the same process that Christ went through. If Chris goes, yes, gets crucified, he now has participation. He's partaking of the life of Christ, the crucifixion. I am only associated with it. I am there. I am looking. I may say yes, but then say no. Everyone around me is going, what's going to happen? And those that get on that cross have a Participation, those that don't, are associated. Come with me to Galatians 2. We tracking? Who's feeling slightly convicted in a good way? Conviction is good, isn't it? Condemnation is not of Christ. Conviction is. Doesn't Hebrews... 4.12 says, the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. Doesn't it pierce and divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow, judging the thoughts of the heart of man? Why does it do that? Just to leave you in the state of whatever? No, he's showing you, the word shows you where you're at. The word comes and actually is the evidence. It shows you why. So you can come into the life that you need to come into. Because unless someone actually makes you aware of your state, you think you're okay. You think, oh, there's no more to come into. What is there more? He goes, there's so much more. So we have to know our true state if we truly want to come into the true life. Otherwise, we're really just playing. Are we not? And the world doesn't need more playing churches. It needs the true church. It needs followers who actually what they say, they mean. And they live what they say. And they go through the process as a model to everyone else. Unless you go through this, you haven't got a hope of discipling anybody else. Because you're going to disciple them into association. You have to go through it to be able to disciple it. You have to know it. So when someone's trying to manifest and run away from the sword, you can put your arm around them and say, this is all part of the process. This is what Galatians 6 verse 2 says. It says, carry one another's burdens. What it means is you don't carry the bomb. You carry the person when they're trying to run away from the sword that's going to pierce them. So you walk together going, this is all part of the process. I know it feels like death. It is. It's death to your flesh and there's life coming. Tracking? Jesus had to die to release life. If you want life, you've got to die if you're still living. And you can't say, but I received the gospel 15 years ago, so I'm not dead. Well, your life will tell you how alive in Christ you are and how dead you still are in the flesh. 
You have an opportunity. The flesh man can reign in your life. That's why Paul dedicated most of his scriptures to let go of the flesh. I've crucified the flesh. I work out my salvation. If it was all done the day you received Christ, then there's no work to be done. Correct? Right. So listen to the words of Paul, Galatians 2.20. He said this, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been. It's not I'm continuing to. I have been. I received Christ. And we're going to look at this in Galatians 1 of how you actually receive the gospel and what it really is. So Paul is saying, I have been crucified. I, my will. The will, it's in my soul, is being pierced through with the word of God and it's dead. I no longer live for me. He's not saying, I don't struggle in sin. He's saying, my will is dead. I've surrendered my entire being to God that day. That's what happened to me in 97. My will got killed. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I still need to grow. My mind seems to be renewed. Can you hear what I'm saying? My will, the thing that drives my life, the operating system of me staying in control, got killed in 97. Have you been killed yet? Have you been crucified? Can you say, I have been crucified with Christ? Because you know the day. You know the day you got killed. But why? Because it wasn't a mental agreement. You didn't hear some guy talking and saying, this is what Jesus did. And you went, that's really interesting. I believe it's true in my mind. Yes. That's not it. It's you experience the sword being thrust into you. And you're like, something happens. Now, it can happen to the tiniest millimeter mustard seed, but something happens to you. It's like I encountered, I experienced God. I had no idea who God was for 29 years. It wasn't coming to a service where I hear someone speak words and then go, yes, I intellectually believe that's true. It's still not wrong, but that's not the receiving the gospel the way God wants us to receive the gospel. That's an intellectual receiving of a word gospel that doesn't fill me with power. That's why I can't live differently. I'm still going to live the same. I'm not a bad person, but I didn't receive the gospel the way God intends the gospel to receive in us, piercing us. New life comes in. Life. He's in captivated. Knowing Jesus is like, it's invigorous. It's like infectious. Yes, no? It's like, man, do you want to know about this person I've met that saved me from me? Some do, some don't. I'm talking about in the church. Never mind the lost. And so we clearly see here, Paul, he's not associating with Christ. He's participating in the very act that Christ went through. Okay? Then he says this, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. I, my will, which is contained in my soul, it doesn't drive me anymore. It doesn't get hold of me. It is dead. And dead means dead. It's not this dead alive, dead alive, dead alive, dead alive. It's the will, which is the strongest thing God has given us when defined by God, killed and then rebought to life, is powerful. But it still happened behind that. It's destructive to you because it keeps you out of life. You will choose you over him every time. It's Peter before he was thrusted into his will. You will say you can, you will say you do this, but when it comes to the crunch, you will always choose you over him. Did he not say he would not deny him? You see, the man was here 
not here. But God was going to get him from here to here, was he not? God wants to get you from here to here if you're not here yet. It's his heart. He loves you here. He's accepted you here. This is not a lost and a found. This is not a heaven and a hell. This is are you in life and the fullness of life that he calls you to bring. Are you full on the inside? Are you overflowing on the inside? So when people come and do the opposite to love, you can love them. You can pray for your enemy. When they slap you, do you say slap that? When they do things to you, are you okay with that because you have participated in the sufferings of Christ and you're able to love people that have no idea what they're doing? Can we, I, Greg, live like that? That is the standard I'm called to live at. That is the life the gospel brings me into. Without that, I can't live like that. Neither can you. You can't love me and me love you if we're only associated with the gospel. No way. We've got no chance, guys. We will not become the church that he has prophesied we can become that's in a prophetic book and more if we are in this. Zero chance. Because we are still on the throne of our lives. We are the source of our lives, self. So when self upsets self, what happens? (laughs) Oh. Yeah, a little bit more than that. You want to see what self looks like when it upsets self? Go to a daycare center. Watch little people get a truck taken off them that they do not want taken off them. And you will see what self looks like when self comes against it. It can be like that in the body of Christ. Because we're only associated with him. And that looks like singing songs. That looks like everything you can do apart from deny you and love people. Do you know that you can be associated with the gospel and raise dead people? You can prophesy. You can hear his voice and speak. You can give money. You can do all the things this says as an associated person. But what you can't do as an associated follower is deny you. And you can't love God and people the way you're commanded to love them. You will try through here, but you will always fall short because you need to be pierced of the will of man's self for you to love people the way he loves you. It's impossible with man, but fully possible with God. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, meaning the body, this physical, tangible body, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Could he live like this as Saul? What was he doing as Saul? The very opposite that he thought he did. Why? Because he had an association with God, didn't he? Do you think Paul thought he was doing the right thing? Did he think he was of the law? Did he think he was of God? Okay, yes, yes, yes. Was he? That's a problem. You're representing the Father, and you've got no idea what you're doing. And if God's love isn't covering him... Because it was covering Saul, was it not? Just like he covers us. Why? Because Saul was predestined before the foundation of the earth to be Paul. So while he's running around in the flesh, doing all this stuff in the name of God, chopping up people, writing letters to this, butchering the whole thing, God is letting him, that's crazy, love is covering, and he needs to get on the cross if he's ever going to be able to write this correct? He didn't just wake up one day and said, oh, you know, I've got a new idea. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to try to be a Christian. Last year, five minutes before the next person who's trying to be a Christian gets in your face or someone else gets in your face and does the thing that you don't like. 
might even be not inviting them to a birthday party. I've had people here get upset because they didn't get in, I never went to someone's 50th and they left the church over it. Yeah. So we're talking about getting nailed to a cross here. And people get upset over not going to a 50th birthday party. Now, he's loving us, and we're to love, and love covers. But it can only cover if you're a participant in Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. The life I now live, I live in a faith source, a faith in someone called Jesus Christ who went through the cross for me. I've got knowledge of what he did. Not a knowledge about, a knowledge of, which enables me to live as Christ. Did Paul not demonstrate Christ-like life? Did he not say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Was he not one of the greatest representations of humanity on earth that demonstrated a reality of Christ-likeness? Right, so the man knows something about what he's talking about. But he didn't start like that. He started fully in his flesh like you and I. Dead in his sin, dead in transgression, dead, dead, dead to the life he lived out as Paul. But God. But God. Before he was dead, he was alive in Christ. Let's go to Galatians 1, 11. Galatians 1, 11. Says this. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. It's not according to flesh and blood. Okay? I studied under Gamaliel the law. That was. So the law I received through Gamaliel. Well, he didn't even live out the law. He just thought he did. Because if he lived out the law, he wouldn't have been killing Christ because he would have known Christ when Christ came, correct? Because Christ fulfilled the law. So he didn't even live out the law. He lived out his version of the law. Do you know you and I can live out our version of the word? Thinking you're living out the word? Because you're only associated with the word, you're not a partaker of the word. The difference between us is we're covered. But don't allow the covering to hoodwink you. Because you and I can live exactly like the Pharisees. We can live exactly like the Israelites. We can live exactly like the people we're supposed to be learning from. We're not them, but we're operating in the same operating system. They did not have the covering that Christ was covering them. We do. If you've made a mental agreement with truth and you believe it in your heart and your mind, yes, this is true, you know, and God takes that, it may not be the deep, the the deepest word God wants to do, but God will take you at what you say if it's genuine. And then he wants to take you well, well deeper into this true conversion. It's called salvation. It's not just getting across the line. It's God saving your entire being. What for? So you can live like Jesus. That's why he came in the form of a man. So everything he did was of a man. And we like to do this. No, no, that's Jesus. That was Jesus. And I, you take yourself out of the reality. No, he was fully God, fully man. He did everything as a man who was full because he went through the process that his father had aligned. When you go through the process that the father has aligned, the way the father has said, you come into the life of Christ in you too. And now you become like the son. That's what becoming is all about. Becoming like the son. The challenge is you've got to believe that here, through hearing that. He says this, I would have you know, brethren, the gospel which was preached by me. So the message I'm preaching is not according to man. <laughs> not according to man's standard. It's not from earth. Not anchored in earth. It doesn't have its foundation in earth. You can try and understand it from earth and be very confused and receive the wrong thing, but it's not from man. For I neither received it from man nor was I taught it. That's a problem if you're not taught by the Spirit. Man teach man. And there's part truth in that, but man can't give man revelation. 
So man can hear, receive, come into, and speak, but he can't give what's needed. So you have to receive your teaching and your revelation from above. The spirit that lives within you has been designed to be your teacher, so the Holy Spirit is now the teacher of the church, no longer man. Does that mean that man doesn't have any, you know, a role? No, he does. So you have to understand what order it's all in. But Paul is going, Gamaliel taught me the law, look where that got me. The opposite direction. I was not this new message, this gospel message. Wasn't taught it, didn't receive it from man. Okay, how did you get it? But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. 1997, 23rd of December, 10 a.m., I received the revelation of a person in me. I did not hear a man speak words about what Jesus did. I received the person in. Here's the problem for some of us. We've heard words about what he did, and we've believed in the words. Is that wrong? No. It's someone articulating what Jesus did. It's just not the work of the gospel. And the words and the work are very different things. We need to receive the work to understand the words. There's no life in the words without the work. You're trying to find life. You're trying to be like a Pharisee. You search the scriptures thinking in the words you're going to find life. But you're unwilling to come to me, the word, and have life. You see, the scriptures without the Holy Spirit, Christ, they're a waste of time. They'll lead you and bamboozle you because you're trying to understand them in your mind and you can't. It's about receiving Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ in you, and then the whole thing comes alive. And you get understanding through revelation of receiving the word, Jesus, not trying to figure out in your mind understanding. It's back to front from the natural operating system. Listen, he goes on, he says this, For you have heard of my former manner of life in Christ or Judaism? Where? In Judaism. So you've heard of my former manner of life. You've heard what it's been like when I received my knowledge from a man. You've got reference for it. I might have even tried to chop your ear off. I might have been the one persecuting you because that's what they said, didn't they? Oh my goodness, Ananias, this is the guy that's actually been killing everybody and you want me to go lay hands on him? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So you have a reference for who I was, he's saying. And the operating system and how I received it all and how I lived, that is the evidence of the gospel you've received. So he goes on, he says, you've got this, my former manner of life in Judaism. How I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism, not Christ. A false gospel, a false reality, a thing that produces promises life but produces nothing. It can't produce. This thing called Judaism couldn't produce the life. It's in Christ that makes Judaism make sense. It's in the one of Judaism, not the thing itself, not in the laws, not in the rituals, not in the feasts, not in the things. It's in the person. You can know all about the stuff. You can know all about what's in here. If you don't know the person, there's no life. And he's saying to you, guys, I am a breathing, living example of a dead guy called Saul who's now living for Jesus. And what happened was, it wasn't mental agreement. I received revelation. I received the cross, the message of salvation, the power of God unto salvation, the message of the cross. And it pierced my inner realm on the road. I was blinded in Damascus when Ananias came on, laid hands on me, bang, Christ came into me, and my eyes were open, and I lived differently. I told you I was going to be on fire. Listen to this. I'm advancing. I was in the law, which I thought was the law, which only condemned people, beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous... For my ancestral tradition. Now, Romans 10, 1 to 3. Don't go there. I'm just going to read it to you. 
says this. Brethren, my heart's desire, this is Paul talking, and he's talking to the Israelites. Brethren, my heart's desire, my prayer to God for them, the Israelites, is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. When you're associated to God, you can have a zeal for God, but not in accordance to true knowledge. This is what he's saying. You're all passionate, all excited, but it's all around an associated life, not a partaking life. So you run off. And we're not full. And all of a sudden, the zeal runs out. And now we're puttering out. Now we're about to give up because I actually just had zeal without true knowledge. True knowledge only comes through here. False knowledge comes through here. Knowing about God, which can be technically true and correct, but doesn't have life. Okay? This is where the hoodwink is, guys. Understanding things like Judaism or understanding Hebrew and Greek. Can I say this so it's clear? I'm not against that. It's good. It won't produce life in you, though. It's just a knowledge about. You need Christ. I need Christ. I continue to need Christ, the Word of God, to bring to light why they may have done a ceremony the way they did. But I've got the substance, not the foreshadow. The Bible says all these things are a foreshadow, not the substance of Christ. I need the substance of Christ in me. The substance comes from participation. The foreshadow comes from association. It's just about this no longer being there. And that is no longer an option in the body of Christ. And we are all in one in that partaking. Then we actually have true spiritual oneness. Think about this. How many people here today? I don't know, let's say 180. All walking in with the same mind. What does that look like when we come to singing the songs? What does that look like with everyone serving here, playing a role? Because you literally have the mind of Christ, and you're coming into more of the mind of Christ. So you're seeing as he saw, you're seeing into the unseen. What does it look like having the same love for one another? You've got the same spirit? Intent on one purpose. Can you start to dream what that church might look like in a living reality? It would be very different. This is what the gospel does. It does the work. We don't. But, 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 yeah, that's right. Got to chop those butts. <laughs> Got to shave them up. It's not but. Here's the thing. It's not God and Greg. It's God. And Greg's life is hidden in God. See, we have to lose the and and the but. But that's the thing that we hang on to because that's the thing that we think has life, but it's actually killing us. We go, yes, I've got you, God, and and just failed. You've just walked away from the sword piercing. He was three, but he was one God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. We are the, exactly the same. And we like to break it all down so we can mentally understand it, but that's, we've just committed suicide. You've just gone into the way of the demonic, the kingdom of darkness, which is where you're from, which Paul said to the Galatians, why are you going back under the one that's, the, the thing I've set you free from? So Paul then goes on, he says this, listen, these are the great words, but, this is when you're allowed a but. <laughs> but when God, but when God who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, his power. I was in his heart from the beginning of time. It was already predestined. It was going to happen right here in 2000 and what was 4000 and something, you know. 
And he's like, right, here's the time. Boom. Grace entered Paul. Not a work of man, a work of heaven. And that same grace is what did the work in Paul. That's why he says, I didn't receive this from man. No one taught me this stuff. I didn't go to cemetery and learn this. I didn't go into the, the Sanhedrin and the fact where I'd come from. Man, I've got a reference for Jesus. And only Jesus can give me a reference for himself. Man can't. Man can talk about him, but he can't give me the revelation. And he said, tells you where he got it. Was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him. Not the scriptures. Him, the one who brings the scriptures to light. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 3 that we are to release the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. And some go, that stinks. And some go, give me more. Why do some go, that stinks. And some go, give me more. If it's the same message. Because if it's the true gospel, flesh hears it and spirit hears it. Flesh goes, I ain't getting anywhere near that sort. And then flesh justifies itself out of that being the sword. Oh, that wasn't God's word today. That was just Greg and Onus's head getting a bit excited. Whew! I almost had to get on that thing and die. So I slowly just snuck out the door and no one noticed. Don't talk about it. Let's just forget that message happened and I come back next Sunday. Oh my goodness, he's talking about it again. That's right. Can't stop. Have to give us what we need. Yeah. I need this stuff just like you need this stuff. But the Spirit goes, this is the word of heaven. I've been crucified. I have been. This is the food source. That's not what I used to eat. This is it. Oh my goodness. And I receive it and it performs a work in me. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. They received the word of God coming out of the mouth of man. They heard, accepted, believed, received, it performed a work in them. Where did Paul receive the revelation? In him. Where does God want the word richly dwelling? In you. Bingo. The true gospel, the way God intends it to be received, is received through power, grace from heaven to earth. Not through the agency of a man, not through the agency of a woman, not through the agency of any human being. Any human cannot teach you what you need. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. I'm teaching you what you need, but I can't give you what you need. You need to receive what you need from heaven. The Spirit of God is here. He's in you to bring a revelation in you if you will repent today. And turn and get on your knees and start asking for what you've heard. It doesn't come through just going, oh, Lord, okay, give it to me. There's got to be a repentance. There's a massive turning. The ship must turn. It must face a completely different way. It must leave its life behind. You can't bring that with you. That's what's holding you in that life. You've got to be released from that through the power, through repentance. And it's not being sorry. It's actually being broken. The participation, the gospel pierces, but it brings life. My life's never been the same. Never. I'm loving people with a love that is not Greg Simnor love. I tell you, I wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't filling me. Couldn't be here today. I'd have been with that sword chopping off heads. I'd been like Peter, who got set up. Bring the sword with you, Pete. <laughs> okay, Lord, that sounds like action. That's what I'm into. Yeah, now we're talking. Be still and know what's that rubbish. Come on, man, we're going to deal to some people because, you know, I know why you're here. You're going to reign as king, aren't you? You're going to establish. We're going to beat up the Romans. We're going to beat up these guys with our sword. And then we're going to sit on our throne and reign. Yeah, that's in the future, Pete, but it ain't right now. How long have I been with you? You've got no idea why I asked you to bring the sword, do you? Yep, chop off Malchus's ear. No, I'm going to set you up to show you what you aren't to do. And I'm going to see you're going to chop off his ear, but then I'm going to 
healer's ear. I'm going to make it whole. And I hope when I heal his ear, you're going to learn why I asked you to bring the sword. It was to show you what you couldn't do. It was to show you what you were incapable of while you just were in association with me. I'm setting you up for your breaking, Pete. And I'm covering you while you're going to break because I'm telling you, you're going to go where I've been. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying, Peter, right into your life now that when the devil has sifted you, I'm praying that your faith will not desert you and you will go and I will get you where I'm going to, destined to get you to, Pete, and you will be a voice for my gospel. But before that, Peter, you've got to go break. And the gospel has got to pierce your heart, Peter, because at the moment, son, you've only been associated with me. Yes, Peter, you can walk on water. Yes, people, you can preach the gospel. Yes, Peter, you cast out demons, all under my authority. But the day has come, Peter, when this needs to pierce your heart. And until this does, Peter, you cannot be the apostle I have called you to be. Until this pierces your heart, church, you cannot be the church I've called you to be. You will only have an association with me. You will not partake with me of the cross. You will not be able to have fellowship with my sufferings and consider it pure joy. While you still live. So, who needs to get pierced this morning? Who needs to do some serious on-your-knees repenting right now? If you do, let's get on our knees together. And I'm going to pray. I'm serious. Just like Toga was ripping it out. If you know you need to get on your knees today, let's get on our knees. If you don't, that's fine. Stay where you are if you don't. There is no, this is free. We are, we're, we're a family who is free. And so if, you don't, if, you, if you're not sensing this, stay seated and do not feel any condemnation from anybody else. This is not between the person beside you. This is between you and him. And if you're not kneeling, could you pray for us as well? Right now, can you be an active participant in the cross rather than just associate with what's happening? Partake of it. So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes just to pray what you need to pray with the Father before I pray.